Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Welcome again. So glad that you're here. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. And uh, we are in the middle of a series, a very short series that we're finishing out next week called The Time Is Now. I'm going to let you know a little bit of the why behind it uh, and sort of what that means for us individually and as a church. Pastor Carlos did an amazing job kicking off the uh, series last week. I was in Montana. Uh, my wife is from uh, Montana and uh, great place. Love the drive out there. Uh, and it always brings back some memories when I go to uh, Montana. My, my wife is one of 11 children, same mom, same dad. Yeah, is that amazing or what? And, uh, you know, it's sort of uh, when we would hang out there, have you met like, not like people, bougie Montana people, but like Montana people, you know, where the men are men and the women are too, you know, that's, uh, that's sort of the Montana stock that she comes from. And so uh, they look at me like, you don't belong around here. And I don't. I really don't. Uh, and because uh, these guys are rough and tumble. And so, you know, I always feel like I need to up my game a little bit. I mean, they're the kind of people who hunt and fish and shoot and fight. And then this is like all before they leave the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> so, uh, so when I'm with them, uh, I always have to show this extra uh, sense of courage um, and I remember when my wife and I, when we got married, we, we went to our honeymoon, Sun Valley, Idaho. Uh, we were driving back. Uh, we, we ran Bloomsday. I'm good at running because I'm from Tacoma. And uh, then, uh, yeah, you get to be good if you're from Tacoma. Uh, but uh, we also stopped at Lake Coeur d'Alene. My wife uh, saw there was a boat there and there was parasailing. And my wife uh, said, hey, do you want to go parasailing? And I was thinking, I don't want to die today. No, I don't want to go parasailing. And, uh, but I had to have the courage. I didn't want her to know what a wimp I am. I'm not really afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling from great heights is really uh, what I'm afraid of. And so I said, yeah, who wouldn't want to go parasailing? And so we get up there to uh, the boat, and uh, there's a couple of guys who look like they've had very little training in this. And they say, hey, it's going to be three hours because so many people want to go parasailing. Well, clouds start rolling in. It starts to get stormy. And I'm thinking, here I'm going to be up in the sky uh, in this, uh, behind a boat. We get up. It's, our, it's about our turn. 20 minutes before it happens, the guy looks at me and says, I'm so sorry, Mr. Sigmund we're not going to have any other people go up today. And at that point, I knew that God was real. <laughs> so, uh, it was one, because <clears throat> here, here, I tell that story to tell you this. 
I'm a lot better at courageous intentions than I am courageous actions. And I think for many of us, that's how we are. We have it in our mind. We know what we want to do. We know what we want to say. We know what we should have said. Yet we get to that point and we can fade a little bit. It's happened to every one of us. And that's why we're studying the book of Haggai. Some of you never knew there was a book of Haggai in the Bible. And because it's a group of people, the nation of Israel, God has worked so powerfully in their life, and yet they get stuck. And I think it can happen to anyone. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it doesn't mean you should stay there either. And so what I want to do is set the context again. Pastor Carlos did a great job of doing that uh, last week. As we uh, get into the scripture and what it says, we're going to actually look uh, at the book of Chronicles first as it sort of uh, says what was happening there. We read, this is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him, at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up, and may the Lord their God be with them. Now here's the interesting thing <clears throat> that was happening here, is he was not uh, a really big God fan. He was more what they call a God fear. He knew there was a God, but he didn't really follow God mostly, except God worked in his heart and these people who had been in captivity are let out of captivity and they can go back to their homeland and rebuild their temple, which is not only their place of worship, it was their place of political life and community life. It would give them a sense of becoming a nation again. And they do great and they get started and they lay the foundation of the temple and then nothing. They stop. They get stuck. Now, Obviously, many of us, we're not going to be called to big tasks like that, but have you ever been stuck? Do you have any unfinished business in your life? Raise your hand. If not, let me go see your garage. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we all have some unfinished bit. You're like, oh, I didn't think about that. See, we all have something that, that we started, but we haven't finished. Now, a garage or something like that's not a big deal. But what about working on a relation? I've heard so many people, man, I am going to work on my marriage someday. I'm going to start saving someday. Henry Cloud, the uh, Christian psychologist, he said, later is a drug. And we are addicted to the drug of later. Well, why do, we, why do we go there? Why do we even go there in the first place? Why do we get stuck? And why do we not step into that right now moment? Here are some reasons that we find in the Bible and uh, you may find in your own life. Uh, the first reason are what I call the haters. You know what I mean? Those people who are the naysayers. Those people who never have seen an idea they like. You start to make progress and they start to pull you down a little bit. This is what happened in the nation of Israel. They had uh, laid the foundation of the temple, and there were people, even among God's people, who said, oh, it's not going to be as good as it was in the old days. Have you said that? In fact, we have students here at this service. Uh, parents, have you ever said that? Students, have you ever heard your parents talk about how good it was back then? Do you know why? They have bad memories. That's why. 
Because they say, oh, yeah, you know, it used to be great before we had these smartphones. Yeah, wasn't it great getting lost without a map to go anywhere? Yeah, that was really awesome. Wasn't it great having to not get good information? If you're dating, social media is a good thing. You can stalk them and find out just how weird that person is. And uh, if you don't do that, you should be doing that. Uh, or you'll end up on the show Catfish. No, that's what. Uh, so uh, there's, there's all this, there's people, and sometimes it's a voice in our own head. Where we say it to ourselves, no one else needs to say it to us. And then there's the myth of perfect timing. And this is especially, I know there's people joining us online, we welcome you, but, uh, but especially people who live in Seattle and the east side, the, the lie we tell ourselves is the myth of perfect timing. Oh, I'm going to, when things slow down, have you ever heard yourself say that? When things slow down at work, can I tell you something? It'll never slow down. It'll never, aren't you encouraged today? It'll never slow, it'll slow down when you retire or get fired. Those are the two times it'll slow down. It's a choice in the middle of the busyness to do the things that are significant. These today decisions where we turn from courageous intentions to action. And then there's the trap of comparison where we're, we, we never get started because I, I can't be as good as someone else. Or I can't be, I, I hear this, you know, hey, I'm no you know, Mother Teresa or Billy Graham or, or someone like that. You were never called to be. Look at the people that God used in the Bible. The people who are called heroes of faith. Probably people that might not make your list, but, but in the Bible, in the Hebrews chapter 10, among the hall of faith, are people who are pretty messed up in other areas of their life. But you know what? They were radically attentive to God's voice. And that leads to number four, is lackluster faith. Is that, that sometimes we don't move from intention to action is because we sort of are in this malaise when it comes to our faith. And that, there's a problem there, and it's so intertwined uh, with our actions, intention, and that thing that God is calling us to. Let me uh, try to explain it by well, first let me tell you a story. My wife doesn't like to see movies that much, but she said she wanted to go see a movie. And I'm thinking, great, Equalizer 2, this is going to be awesome. Uh, that's not the kind of movie she likes to see. She said, why don't we go see the Winnie the Pooh movie? <clears throat> and uh, I sort of like Winnie the Pooh, uh, you know that. And I was thinking, there's actually been journals of psychology evaluating the characters on Winnie the Pooh. I think Career Builder or another job site, it says, who's in your 100-acre wood? And it describes the people at work. And some of the characters you have are like Piglet. Uh, if you've never read uh, Winnie the Pooh, uh, Piglet is afraid of everything all the time. And then there's, of course, Eeyore. Do you know Eeyore? Or do you know a Eeyore? Yeah, you know an Eeyore, right? Oh, it's going to be horrible. No matter what, that they can, you, you know, uh, in fact, uh, they, you know, it's sunny out. Oh, but it's going to be too hot. 
And, uh, you know, they just need a friend, a counselor, and some medication. And so they, that's what they need. So, uh, and, we, and if that's you, that's okay. You're welcome here. God wants to heal your inner Eeyore. So, uh, and then there's Tiggers, right? You know who Tiggers are? Because Tiggers are wonderful things. Yeah, and they're like, hey, everything's great. I love Tigger people. But, you know, and then there's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is sort of that guy who has great intentions, but he can't figure out how to turn those intentions into action. And that's who I identify uh, with in, in that movie. And so what I want to do is I want to look at how the nation of Israel, how they went from intention, this 18-year delay, to action. And we find that in the book of Haggai. So the first thing that we learn, uh, and this is really pretty intuitive, is just to evaluate how you got here. How did you get to this stuck place? Uh, God says through the prophet, he says, give careful thoughts to your ways. And when we do that, we put ourselves in a position where we can hear God's voice. Oftentimes what it'll be is uh, we're struggling. And it's okay if you say, hey, I'm struggling. Maybe there's some issue in your life where you're wandering away from God, a sin issue. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the question is, what are you going to do about it? Every once in a while, I'll hear people say this. Well, if I've sinned. <laughs> there's no if about it. Every one of us have some area where we say, God, would you do some correction in my life? Would you do some redirection in my life? And I notice we have students here today, and maybe some of you are going off to college. You know what? You know what maturity in your faith is? Is identifying that quickly and coming to God quickly and allowing His grace to work powerfully and quickly in your life. So wh where are you at? Maybe there's a step for you to take. You, you know, uh, I'll hear from people every once in a while, I'm, I'm dry in my faith. And that's okay, and you might be here. I, in fact, I hear that a lot. And I was thinking about, you know, what should you do? And there's good things you can do to help. You know, the, typically a pastor will say, well, you know, read the Bible. Reading the Bible is a good thing. In fact, I, I start the morning, uh, well, I don't literally start the morning. I drink coffee first because even God doesn't like to be around me that early. <laughs> and so, uh, so I drink a little coffee. I pray, read the Bible, get perspective. When I face challenges, because I need perspective greater than my own. That's a good thing. When uh, we get connected in community, in a group, we're, I mean, this is Seafair Weekend and you're at church. You're awesome. You're like the Marine Corps of Christianity. Uh, that's a good thing. There's getting connected in community. That's a good thing. There's, there's you know, being generous. That's a good thing. But here's, here's what I was, as I've been thinking and praying, because I've had so many of these conversations, is what really will be, trans if you're stuck, what will be transformational for you is if you do what the nation of Israel did. They put themselves in a, in a place where they put it on the line for God, and, and they, they needed God. Maybe for you it's like connecting to some ministry where you're, where you're 
helping someone else and you don't even know what you're doing and, and you're just pouring out and you're scared to death and you know what that's going to cause you to do? You're going to have to go back to God the Father and you're going to say, God, I need you. I need you in this moment. And it's when you're forced to go to him, you'll never feel spiritually dry another day in your life. If you put yourself in that place where you say, God, I, I'm, I'm going to take a step of faith so I can live a life of faith. Really, that leads to number two, and that's believing in God again. Now, not many of you are like me. I, I, I grew up in a very non-religious environment completely. Some of you are like me, and if, if you are, I'd love to share my story with you at some point. But many of us, it's believing in God, like really the God of the Bible working in our life today. And I think a lot of that has to do with this verse. We read in Haggai 1.13, it says, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So when you're stepping into a difficult conversation, God says, I am with you. When you're opening up your heart to your spouse, God says, I'm with you. When you're going to school and, the, and there's, there's people who will mock your faith. And by the way, don't listen to the mockers. God is saying, I am with you. And the question is, is am I going to let God be with me and work in me powerfully. For some of us, it's revisiting unfinished business. That, for, that thing that God's going to call us to is actually to finish some things that we started. To uh, maybe begin again. I know some of you are here and you say, hey, I haven't been to church for a, a while. And by the way, when you, when you do that, I appreciate the sentiment behind it. Uh, and people say, oh, you know, hey, I haven't been here for a while. I'm sorry. And what I feel like saying is, well, good, I've been keeping attendance. You can just say you go to one of the video campuses. I won't, no, I'm not encouraging you to lie. But the, uh, here's the thing. You're back today. That's awesome. Maybe today is the day that you start again with God. I mean, we see that in the Bible. One of my favorite, favorite stories in the Bible uh, is Jonah. In fact, it was one of the first books of the Bible I ever preached on here 10 years ago. Uh, now, Jonah is, was taught, uh, Jesus talked about Jonah like he was a real person. It's, a, it's one of these stories that I knew about even though I didn't know the Bible. I didn't have all the details right. I know it was something like, you know, Jonah was supposed to talk to some people and he uh, got thrown overboard and swallowed by a fish and his new gr nose grew and he became a real boy or something like that, you know. And I didn't have all the details. And so we, we sort of bring a lot of mythology into that. But here's the truth of that story. God had called Jonah to go to a group of vicious, awful people who if there was anyone on the face of the earth who deserved judgment, it was them. And God said, I want you to go and warn them. I want you to tell them they don't have to live this way anymore. 
and God shows them grace. And, and Jonah, he, after he has that experience where he's in the belly of the fish, he says, God, what should I do now? He goes, you know that thing I called you to do before? That's the same thing I want you to do. I still want you to go and maybe raise the kindness level in your home, the compassion level in your workplace. And then we can expect God's guidance. We can expect God's guidance, that God is going to guide us along the way. Maybe for you, you're saying, hey, I don't know what my step from intention to action is. God will reveal that to you, and that step will build your faith and your strength and your courage. I remember, uh, and some of you were here uh, uh, when 10 years ago, 10 years ago next week, uh, Terry and I, my, Terry's my wife by the way, <laughs> uh, we became pastors here at Timberlake Church. And I remember when uh, we were, uh, we had one campus, we actually only had one worship service at the time, and uh, it was in this room, there was no balcony, sorry you people, you wouldn't be here. Uh, and uh, so it was as we were there and then God started to bring people and we started to go to two worship services now the church had had two worship services prior to them having to go down to one and I started started telling them hey we could go to two some people said oh that'd be horrible we'd split the church we wouldn't know everyone and I'm like well what should we do with all these people God's bringing should we tell them to go I thought that was a bad idea. And so we went to two services. And then we went to three. We added a Saturday night service, which is really crazy because you know those people who go to Saturday night services. <laughs> and, then at four, and then we did the first video campus. And someone asked me, is that going to work? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> Man of faith and power that I am. And then our second one. And then our third one. And then we did one and launched it as a church plant. And it's funny that every time we open ourselves up to God's guidance, God works in our church. Uh, I wish I could tell you we had uh, this amazing master plan. You know what our amazing master plan is? Is to be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and do what God says for us to do. Well, here's what happened. A couple months ago, someone contacts me and uh, says, hey, there's this church sort of at the end of its life cycle. Uh, great church, but, you know, just said, Things happen in, in church life and asked if uh, I would meet with the leaders of the church and Pastor Shane, our executive pastor, and uh, they said, hey, uh, we're thinking about becoming a Timberlake campus. And so we talked with them and then they decided they voted unanimously to become a Timberlake campus. And so one of the cool things that I get to announce today is that uh, Timberlake Renton will be starting this fall. Isn't that awesome? We know of at least 100 people who are from Renton. And, and the, the story, by the, by the way, I'm glad our church is growing. Being a big church is not a goal in, it, in and of itself. Do you know that? That's not that important of a goal. Having people know the grace and love and transformation of Jesus Christ in a community, that is worth giving your life for. And for you, you might say, man, I'm not even a Christian yet. You know what? 
Maybe God brought you here today is so that you would hear the voice of God and that you would say, you know, I'm open, I'm open for business. Because there's no greater joy than walking into that faithfulness. And that leads to the fifth point, is to enjoy the process of faithfulness. Can I tell you that some of the best days of my life have been when I've stepped out in faithfulness to God? And today we're, uh, we've, on our Redmond campus last week at our other campuses, they had baptisms, but today at Redmond, uh, we're having a bunch of people who are going to be baptized. And you might say, what in the world is that? After someone has said yes to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the leader of their life, as the forgiver of their sins, the Bible says that we're to follow Jesus in baptism. And here's what this means. It's a symbolism that the old is gone, washed away, and the new has come. And before we get to celebrate with people in baptism, I want you to hear one of those old is gone, new has come stories. Take a look at your screens. Hi, my name is Scott. Uh, my wife and I have been coming to Timberlake for about five years. We started coming to Timberlake mainly because uh, five years ago we just needed a change. And the first time we walked in and heard Ben uh, do a sermon, we felt like he was talking to us. I was baptized as a baby, um, but during my teen years and into early 20s, I pretty much openly mocked believers. I was, I was angry at God. I grew up with a mother who had MS, and I never, never knew her walking. And so I was always angry at God for that, and it was my excuse to keep my distance. You know, it was, it was just difficult for me to, to get past what I thought was God picking on my mom. I saw from my wife, my wife grew up in the church, always has had a strong faith, and I saw in her something that I was lacking. I, I just could see in her there was something different. There was something that when things would get tough or rough, she just had a piece about her that I did not have. And so I started attending churches with her. When I started down that path, it, it just gave me something to believe in, something to hope in. Well, case in point, when my mom did pass away, I have no memories of my mom walking but I had an image after she passed away of her walking away from me, arm in arm, with who I perceived to be Jesus. That, that was just an awesome moment. For me, it's, I get to share this with my family. You know, I think now that I've found that hope, I'm able to let things not get to me like they used to. Ultimately, it's very nice to be able to just know that God's in charge. Before Jesus, I was angry, I was hurt, I was lost. After accepting Jesus, I'm found.
Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.